Well, today we're going to take a, a look at one of the fundamental factors uh, contributing to the crisis in the church and in the corresponding crisis in society. And then we'll spend just a few minutes talking about remedy. Okay, what's the problem? Within the church today, there's an almost complete absence of spiritual fatherhood. For example, it doesn't take much looking to notice a lot of immoral behavior, moral misbehavior on the part of many Catholics today. But given that, when's the last time most Catholics have heard any priest anywhere warn anyone that they're going to burn in hell if they die before they repent and confess each and every one of their mortal sins. Mortal sins like skipping Mass on Sunday or using contraception or supporting pro-abortion politicians or smoking dope or getting drunk or licking up porn or bearing hatred towards someone in their hearts. Where's the spiritual fatherhood? And given that there aren't many sins worse than liturgical abuse, when's the last time anyone heard of any bishop anywhere suspending any priest for any liturgical abuse? Where's the spiritual fatherhood? We need spiritual fatherhood. If the men who are supposed to be spiritual fathers are busy practicing spiritual contraception, so to speak, well, then they can't be, and they won't be, spiritually fruitful. Spiritually sterile fathers can't produce vocations. God never changes. Never. This so-called vocations crisis is a fatherhood crisis. Okay, let's take a few minutes to consider the corresponding problem in society. Just read a few statistics. Quote, children who grow up fatherless are eight times more likely to go to prison, five times more likely to commit suicide, 20 times more likely to have behavioral problems, 20 times more likely to become rapists, 32 times more likely to become runaways, 10 times more likely to abuse chemical substances, 9 times more likely to drop out of high school, one-tenth as likely to get A's in school. Close quote. Here's a few more statistics taken from National Fatherhood Initiative, Census Bureau, and the FBI. Quote, father-deprived children are 72% of all teenage murderers, 60% of all rapists, 70% of all kids incarcerated, twice as likely to quit school, 11 times as likely to be violent, 3 out of 14 suicides, 80% of the adolescents in psychiatric hospitals, and 90% of runaways, close quote. Final statistic. A Duke University study shows that compared with daughters from two-parent homes, a girl is about five times more likely to lose her virginity by age 16 if she stops living with her dad before she's six and twice as likely if she stops living with him at six or older. Okay, the point is we're suffering a crisis, a crisis of biblical proportions with respect to both spiritual and natural fatherhood. 
So what's the remedy? Before we get on to this, I want to recommend one pamphlet and one book to every father here, every one of the young men here who have a vocation to married life. Pamphlets available from Tan Books. It's titled St. Joseph, Fatima, and Fatherhood, Reflections on the Miracle of the Son. St. Joseph, Fatima, and Fatherhood. It's one of these little uh, booklets you can stick in your back pocket. It's not that big, but it's got a lot of good stuff in it. Books written by Steve Wood. Uh, it's full of common sense. Uh, it's called Legacy, a Father's Handbook for Raising Godly Children. So one pamphlet, one book. We have to study for our vocation, so don't expect any sympathy for us on that. One little pamphlet, one little book aren't asking a lot. Okay? I put them in the bulletin. One more comment before we turn to the remedy. It's easy to hack in our current environment, men and fathers. Everybody seems to be doing it this day. Uh, it's, it's fashionable. Uh, you know, we're we overrun with feminism, but we need to keep a historical context in mind. There are a host of factors here. I'm just going to spend a moment to mention one that seems to be overlooked by a lot of people and that contributed to the modern situation, that's war. In the past hundred years, we've massacred young men at a rate never before seen in the history of the world. According to the historical atlas of the 20th century, there were 42 million military personnel killed in the last century. That's some 40 million young fathers and potential fathers stuffed into the meat grinder. It's not the only condition that led to the current situation, that's for sure. We've talked about lots of this before. But it's had a profound impact. Just one anecdote to illustrate the kind of impact that takes place in England. Quote, One hazy morning in 1917, the senior mistress at Burnmouth High School for Girls stood up in front of the assembled sixth form and announced to her hushed audience, I have come to tell you a terrible fact. Only one of ten of you girls can ever hope to marry. This is not a guess of mine. It is a statistical fact. Nearly all the men who might have married you, have been killed. You'll have to make your way in the world as best you can. Sixty years later, one of her students wrote, it was one of the most fateful statements of my life, how right she was. Only one out of every ten of my friends has ever married. Quite simply, there was no one available. We had to face the fact that our lives would be stunted. We should never have the kind of happy homes in which we ourselves have been brought up. There'd be no husband, no children, no natural bond of man and woman. It was going to be a struggle indeed. Close quote. So a significant contributing factor to the situation is this worldwide fatherhood vacuum created by the loss of some 40 million men last century. Okay, so that's just one thought regarding the context. What's the remedy? Well, there's a fundamental principle of the spiritual life. That is, grace perfects nature. Grace perfects nature. Grace works on what we have naturally. So if we don't have manly priests, if the priests aren't real spiritual fathers, 
A large part of the problem lies at the level of nature, not at the level of grace. The problem is rooted in nature. It means ultimately both crises, the crisis with spiritual fatherhood in the church, as well as the crisis with fatherhood in the state, are ultimately rooted in the family. That's where men come from. To put it the other way around, if we have good fatherly priests and manly bishops, it's because we have good dads. If we have an orderly, God-fearing society, a decent place to live with relatively happy wives and well-behaved children and a significant number of the people living in the state of grace, it's because we have good dads. Remedy is good dads. It's impossible to overemphasize that point. Just as the order in all human society hinged off our common father, the father of all mankind, Adam, so also the order in the human society called the family, which is the foundation of the state, and it's the source of the men of the church, the order in the family hinges off dads. That would be scary if Christ hadn't come to make all things new. But precisely because Christ has renewed and restored the headship of man, made it possible for mankind to be restored to the state of sanctifying grace which was lost by Adam, and made it possible to obtain actual graces to perform our duties in our state in life, and even gave specific special sacramental graces for men in the state of holy matrimony to be godly husbands and fathers, precisely because all these gifts of Christ our Lord, every husband and father should be filled not only with hope, but a legitimate pride in and thanksgiving for his conformity to Christ. We actually publicly express this every day right here at Holy Mass. That's the whole point of taking your hat off When you come to Mass, traditionally, Jewish men had to cover their heads with a prayer shawl when they went to the temple or the synagogue. In fact, they they still do. But we uncover our heads because the mystery of our redemption has been revealed to us. That's what revealing means. Revealing means taking off the veil. It comes from a Latin word. It means taking off the veil, unveiling. The mystery of our redemption has been revealed to us. Our headship has been restored in Christ. When a Catholic man comes before the altar to pray with his head uncovered, it's a liturgical acknowledgement of thanksgiving to the Father from whom all fatherhood in heaven on earth is named. Thanksgiving for this priceless gift of having revealed the mystery of the Son of God to us, for this priceless gift of having given us the spirit of adoption as sons, for the priceless gift of having restored our headship in Christ. So the remedy is good dads. Maybe that sounds like an exaggeration. I'll read an edited quote from Steve Wood's book here. Quote, Millions of Catholic children grow up and fall away from regular church attendance. In the United States, it is estimated that only 13% of 18 to 29-year-olds believe they must obey the formal teachings of the Pope. Now, he's writing in 2005. It has to be worse now. In England, 92% of Catholic young people stop practicing their religion when they leave school. 
In Australia, official church figures report 95% of teens who attend Catholic schools leave the church. The cure for this massive church dropout is dad. Research shows that if a father attends church regularly, he conveys a lasting lesson to his children. A Swiss study asks the question, what causes a person's faith to carry through from childhood to adult religious belief and practice? The study found that the one overwhelming critical factor is the religious practice of the father. Dads determine the church habits of their children and thus, to a significant degree, their eternal destiny. Can't mom also do this? Shockingly, the study reported that if a father does not go to church, no matter how faithful his wife's devotions, only one child in 50 will become a regular worshiper. Yet if a father does go regularly, regardless of the practice of the mother, between two-thirds and three-quarters of their children will become churchgoers. Close quote, Steve Wood. Well, even if those statistics are off by a factor, it's still a very significant result. Here's some concrete advice for every dad here. First, I want to say something to the wives. Since this is man-to-man, no elbowing, no nudging, no smirks, no little coughs or anything. I'm holding you up before the Lord. I mean that so that it would be a cheap shot. If Father's hitting him, you don't get to. Okay. Dads, at the natural level, let's talk about that. Unless it's impossible, eat with your family every day, every meal possible. Be the dad. Enforce the discipline. Hug your little girls and wrestle with your little boys and make it part of your schedule to do something regularly with your kids. That means going for a walk, a hike, taking them fishing, bike riding, shooting, whatever. Besides regular recreation with them, unless you're working two jobs, find some kind of work you can do with them on Saturdays and evenings, not Sundays. Not Sundays. If you can't figure anything else out, invent something like painting the fence or painting the garage or painting the house. Don't worry so much about everything being perfect. Who cares? You can redo it. You can paint over it again. It's a means to an end. You're actually in the business of raising virtuous kids, not worrying about details in the house trim. Eat with your kids. Play with your kids. Work with your kids. All three of those. It's really important, dads. Eat with your kids, play with your kids, work with your kids. Level of grace. You gotta lead a serious Catholic life. That does not mean being an imitation priest. That's our department. We'll take care of it. You have to pray for us. But that's our job. Your dads. A serious Catholic life means living in the state of grace, keeping the commandments, enforcing the laws of God in your house, going to confession regularly, being a good Catholic example. You're the man they're looking up to in the home. What are they looking up to? If you're not going to confession regularly and leading a good Catholic life, don't expect your kids to, at least not for long. 
And don't expect your kids to spend eternity in heaven either. That may sound harsh, but that's the way it is. In terms of prayer, pray the rosary every day. Live that message of Fatima. Make sure the rest of the family prays the rosary every day. Our Lady wasn't bored in heaven and wondering what are they doing in Portugal today in 1917. If the Blessed Mother of God came down and gave us a message, who are we to ignore it? You make sure your family doesn't ignore it. Lead prayers, at least at bedtime and at meals, and here before the altar. When there are men here, the women folks will appreciate you leading the rosary before Mass, and you're setting the manly example. Give your kids a blessing every night before they go to bed. Moms can do this too. A father's blessing is different than a mother's blessing. They're real blessings. They're not the same as a priest's blessing, but they're a real blessing. You can bless your kids. You can bless your grandkids. You can bless your godchildren. They're real blessings. So, set the example with a virtuous Catholic life, regular confession, pray in the rosary, and lead in prayer. Finally, when your kids are little, you can establish something called the Dad Hour every Sunday, starring Dad. What is the Dad Hour? I have my directees do this. Dad sits the kids down, pull out the St. Joseph Baltimore Catechism because it has cool pictures for little ones. It's illustrated already, huh? And then spend some time going through some of it. Then tell a story or read one about a saint with miracles or a Bible story or a story about a poor soul like you can get out of the books about purgatory or something about a great Catholic warrior like the Knights of Malta. Whatever. We've got the best stories. And you need to pass them on. You need to be the dad passing them on so the kids heard them from you. We got the best stories. But pass those stories on. Do it every Sunday. Obviously, it doesn't literally have to be an hour. It depends on the kids. But it shouldn't be the dad 30 seconds. Okay? When you get to the end of the catechism, open it page one. Start over again. Over the years, you'll go through it many times. As you get older, we can recommend other catechisms. That's the dad hour, and it stars the one and only dad. Dads, if you don't do this, who will? That's why God entrusted you with your children. And he expects to see each and every one of them in heaven. That's your mission. That's why he made you the head of the family. You have to lead them there. You literally have a mission from God, and only you can do it. You've got to be the dad. No one else can be. So who are you going to imitate? Adam or Christ? Christ.